Hey, good morning, New Life Downtown. How is everybody? Good. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. I hope you all had a wonderful time and got a chance to celebrate and to feast and to give thanks. Uh, in the church calendar, this is a special Sunday, uh, this Sunday. It's called Christ the King Sunday. It's the last Sunday of the Christian year. Some of you have heard us talk about the church calendar, the Christian year over the years. Begins next week with Advent and our time of preparation and waiting for Messiah to come and follows the life of Jesus all the way around until the last Sunday of the year, which is Christ the King Sunday, the day that we celebrate that we know how the story of the world ends. The story of the world ends with Christ and his kingdom, with all kingdoms coming under Christ and his kingdom and his reign going forever and ever and ever and us living with him and new creation. So as our call to worship today, we're going to be in Psalm 72 and read a few verses. Would you stand with me this morning as we prepare our hearts? for worship. Psalm 72 is one of the royal psalms. It's a psalm praising the king. And anytime we read these psalms, we think beyond the kings in the line of David to King Jesus himself. Beginning in verse 4, it says this, let the king bring justice to people who are poor. Let him save the children of those who are needy, but let him crush oppressors. Let the king live as long as the sun, as long as the moon, generation to generation. Let him fall like rain upon fresh cut grass, like showers that water the earth. Let the righteous flourish throughout their lives. Let peace prosper until the moon is no more. Let the king rule from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. Let the desert dwellers bow low before him. Let his enemies lick the dust. Let the kings of Tarshish and the islands bring tribute. Let the kings of Sheba and Seba present gifts. Let all the kings bow down before him. Let all the nations serve him. Let it be so, because he delivers the needy who cry out, the poor and those who have no helper. He has compassion on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of those who are in need. King Jesus, we come before you today. We are grateful that you have saved our lives. Those who found ourselves in great need, you came to this world to seek and save the lost. And you brought us into your kingdom. You redeemed us from the pit. You brought us into new life and filled us with hope of the kingdom of God, a kingdom that will have no end. And so we lift you up and we praise you today on this Christ the King Sunday. Let's worship Jesus together this morning. Yo, what's up, New Life? How you guys doing? We're going to sing out this declaration of God being faithful and true. So sing it out. We have this confidence in Jesus. His blood has brought us into freedom. There is no other that can save us. Yes, we know. Yes, we know. It's Jesus. He is always with us, faithful and true in our weakness. He is bringing us through a highway through the valley, a promise through the plain. He is always with us, faithful and true. 
Let's lift this up. For every lie that speaks against us, His blood declares we are forgiven. There's only one who never fails us. Cause we know, cause we know it's Jesus. Cause we know, yes we know it's Jesus. And He is always with us, faithful Let's say, hope of hope, strength of strength. All our sin is dead in the grave. Only one has power enough to save. You 
alone can save. I believe that you alone can save. Where there is no way, you make a way. Where no one else can reach us, you find us. Where there is no way, you make a way. Can reach us, you find us. Hope of hope, strength of strength. All our sin is dead in the grave. Only one has power enough to save. You alone can. Save. Cry that out. Sing together. You alone can save. Where there is no way, you make a way. Where no one else can reach us, you find us. Where there is no way, you make a way. Where faith today.
lights went out When death claimed its victory The king of love had given up his life The darkest day in history
We gather every week because Christ is worthy, amen? The Savior of the world in this week of Thanksgiving that we're coming out of Christ is King Sunday that we're in, this is our recognition that you are Lord, that you are the one who has come, who is and who is to come still. And we are celebrating that today. If you are new with us, it is so good to have you worshiping in this house with us this morning. Thank you for coming. We'd love to meet you. So right after service in the lobby and then right in the middle, there's a welcome area. Our team will be there. We'd love to get to know your name, answer any questions you might have. There's also a guest card. You can fill out digitally. There's QR codes kind of all around. We'd we'd love to just get your information so we can do some follow-up later in the week and connect with you then. Uh, Other things that are going on in this space, today. We get the the privilege of having the kids in the room with us on this All Generations service. So if you're looking around and they're like, they're a little disruptive, what I want to challenge you with is set the example of what it's like to worship Jesus in this space today. So recognize that they're looking up to you both physically and as a representation of what is it to worship as one family of God. And we get the privilege of having our student pastor, Brock, bring the word of God today. So after the readings, he's going to come up and he's going to bring the word to you all. And part of our worship in all of this is our giving, that we recognize that we have nothing that God has not so graciously and generously provided. And there's multiple ways to give. You can do it online. You can do it via your smartphone. If you do one of those digital options, just mark that New Life Downtown is the congregation you're giving towards. Uh, Or in person, there's boxes in the lobby you can give to, or you can mail it in if you're that classic old school kind. It feels good. So we turn our attention now towards the word of God. I invite you to take your seats as well as just take a pause and a breath. Thanks, bro. If you would, just open up your hands. And all the rush of this week, I don't know if it felt crazy or if it felt like there was some space to breathe in it, but all the rush right now, we're gonna bring it to this moment. I want you to just open up your hands as empty as they are. We're gonna ask, Holy Spirit, yet again, as you've been speaking since creation, speaking through the prophets, speaking through your spirit poured out to the church, would you speak again to us today through your word? Hello, my name is Allison. The Old Testament reading is found in Psalm 2, 1 through 6. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up, and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. The word of the Lord. Hello, my name is John. The New Testament reading is found in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. The word of the Lord. Hello, my name is Cora. If you're able, please stand for the gospel reading, which is found in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. 
The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The gospel of the Lord. Go ahead and have a seat. Do you know that where you live matters? I learned something new this week. Proud of me. I learned this week. I learned about something called geomedicine. Geomedicine studies how location affects our health and our well-being by studying things like uh, pollution, water quality, uh, your access to, to, to health care, right? And just like every person has a genetic DNA, every one of us also has an environmental DNA. The things that make up, our, like our location affects how we live and our happiness, right? We think that uh, happiness is determined by career, family, um, mon- money, right? All these things. But there's a geographer by the name of Dan Butner. He says this. He says, where a person lives determines their level of happiness more than any other factor. There was a biologist and geographer by the name of Amy Blatt. She says, I don't think people take into account how importantly a place impacts their health until it's too late. I'm going to read that again. I don't think people take into account how importantly a place impacts their health until it's too late. Until it's too late. Where you live severely impacts the quality of your life. And today on Christ the King Sunday, I want to consider Jesus' great invitation to the world to consider where they choose to live because it seriously impacts the quality of your life. And what is that place? The place he invites us to live in is the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? I'm glad you asked. How much time you got, right? What is a kingdom? A kingdom is a place where a king rules and reigns, right? Typically, it's bound by geography, right? The king of Jordan is King Abdullah II. He is, he is the king of Jordan. Once in your, when you're in his territory, he's the king. If you go outside of his territory, he's no longer your king. But the New Testament talks about the word kingdom a little differently. It's the Greek word basileia, and it refers to like the authority, the sovereignty, the rule, or reign. It's, it's less locality and more authority, Right, So I love what Dallas Willard says. He says, the kingdom of God is where God gets done what God wants done. And this is where we live. Where does God get done what God wants done? Everywhere. It's not bound by space, right? And so on this Christ the King Sunday, I want us to consider the invitation of King Jesus. The invitation of King Jesus was to live life in his unshakable present kingdom right here and right now. And as we unpack this, there are, th- there are three kingdom realities we're going to notice. The first one is this. The kingdom is here and the kingdom is now. It's interesting that in the, the gospel of Mark, Jesus' first words have nothing to do with salvation, forgiveness, justification, about going to heaven when you die. It's actually about something that happened right then and right there. His, his first words in Mark are about the inbreaking of a new kingdom. In Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 15, it says this. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come. Hey, it's happening, people. <laughs> The kingdom of God has come near. It's like, it's now. 
It's at hand. It's right now. Repent. And this word repent is the Greek word metanoia, which means like rethink how you think. It's metacognition. Like think about the way that you think about things. Everything you know about God, about humanity, about the world, rethink it in light of what's happening. Repent and believe. What's it mean to believe? To act as if something were true. When you sat in that squeaky chair, you, you, you believed in that chair, right? You acted as if it could hold you, right? And it did. I hope. I hope no one fell. Right? It, you, you believe, act as if we're true. He says, this is the good news. So Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is not just something you're going to accept now and enjoy later. It's actually something you enter into right here and right now. The kingdom is here and the kingdom is now. I think one of the most jolting moments for any new parent is um, when they let you leave the hospital with your baby. That's always shocked me. I've done that twice. And both times I'm like, are you sure? This doesn't seem, this doesn't seem right. I, like, I, I don't need to like no background check or anything, right? They just like, but everything in that moment when that baby is born, your whole life changes in an instant. Like every thought, every action, everything that you're, you go about in life is now not about you, right? You have a totally different life and it has to change now. Can you imagine if like when the nurse was showing me how to change a diaper, I would have just been like taking notes and be like, man, this is really going to come in handy one day. She would smack me out of it, right? And she would say, no, you got the next diaper, bro. You got the next one. This is now. The kingdom of God is here and now, right? And Jesus is saying, hey, allow yourself to be grasped, to be shaken, to be turned around by the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. Let it alter your next decision, your next thought, your next action, right? Allow Jesus to train you to live in this kingdom right here and right now through his teachings and through his lifestyle, right? His teachings on the kingdom all throughout the gospels, they're not just helpful tricks and tips, Jesus is telling you, here's how life in the kingdom of God works now. Here are the laws, the principles, the secrets to the kingdom. Do it now. And learning to live life in this here and now kingdom, that's what discipleship is. The kingdom is here and the kingdom is now. The second kingdom reality is this. The kingdom of God is not in trouble. (laughs) The kingdom of God is not in trouble. Can I be honest with you? There's a lot to worry about in our world. Thanks, Brock, right? There is. I'm just going to be honest with you. I find myself worrying. There's a lot to worry about. I had, um, in my first draft, I had about 20 headlines from January until now from world news, like global news. I narrowed it down to four. You're welcome. (laughs) But looking at that list was a bit overwhelming. Or you think the kingdom of God is in trouble. I'm just going to read four of them to you. Is that okay? This is from January until now. The first one is this. In February, uh, the United States shot down a Chinese spy balloon that drifted over South Carolina, right? It begged a number of questions. The most pressing question for me was like, of all the places to spy, (laughs) South Carolina? (laughs) In March, uh, ChatGPT was launched. 
taking the world by storm. Like we were asking questions. What does it mean to be a human? What does it mean to love? What is the role of a creative in our world? Right? A lot of questions. And if you haven't seen any of these AI-generated commercials, you go home and Google AI-generated commercial. It is the funniest thing you will ever see, right? But it, it's already changed how we write emails, right? How, how people, how some students are writing papers. Don't do that, guys. That's, I'm not endorsing that, right? But it, it is, it's taken the world by storm. Over 17,000 acres of land were burned and at least 100 killed when a series of wildfires broke out on the island of Maui in Hawaii. More recently, there was a severe escalation in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict in October when Hamas, which governs the Gaza Strip, launched an attack on Israel, leading Israel to declare war on Hamas. And you add on that the stress of your job, your family, your friendships, your finances, your school, it's, or anything else that no one knows anything about. It's into this that the kingdom of God breaks in and Paul gives us a glimpse of the type of king that rules this kingdom in Colossians 1. He says in verse 16, for in him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. In him, all things hold together. He is the cohesive force holding everything together. He is the glue of creation. He is the one keeping the the cosmos from becoming a chaos. And he's able to do so. I think one of our biggest problems is we profess Jesus as Lord, but we're actually not 100% sure he's competent. I'm just being honest. I'm not, we don't believe he's actually competent. That maybe he doesn't have the answers to life's real problems, right? The, the Jesus we worship and profess and learn about who feels so close to us on Sunday morning doesn't feel that way on Tuesday morning. Like maybe we're more likely to believe that he can raise himself from the dead or someone else from the dead than he is competent about life. But he knows all there is to know about being a student, a friend, a parent, a teacher, an accountant, an engineer, gardening, cleaning the house, being a lawyer. He doesn't just leave us to figure it out. He actually is our teacher in all things. Dallas Willard once said, he is not nice, he is brilliant. He's brilliant. He is the smartest man who ever lived. He right now, think about this, right now, is supervising the entire course of world history while simultaneously preparing the rest of the universe for our future role in it. He always has the best information on everything and certainly also on the things that matter most in human life. There are things in life that will attempt to convince you that the kingdom of God is in real trouble. Or that if you don't take matters into your own hands right here and right now, then the kingdom of God is done. The disciples did it all the time. I I tried to pick one scene from the Gospels. It's everywhere. Right? There's 15,000 people, 5,000 men, 15,000 with women and children. And and the disciples are like, hey, they got to eat. How are we going to feed all these people? And Jesus is like, what about that boy's lunch right there? They're in, they're in a boat. The, the wind and the waves are raging. Jesus, we're about to die. You got to do something, man. What? <laughs> What's wrong? 
Oh, okay, peace. Also, where's your faith? When Jesus shows up um, and Lazarus has died, his sisters are, Jesus, where have you been? If you had been here, my brother would still be alive. You're three days late, Jesus. And after a, a long amount of uncontrollable weeping, which I will spare you here, Jesus says, hey, Lazarus, come on out, buddy. When a woman was dragged who was caught in adultery in front of Jesus in the public sphere in her guilt and in her shame, they said, hey, Jesus, you need to tell her she's wrong and we're supposed, we're supposed to stone her. Okay. But if any of you is, is without sin, you can throw the first rock. Oh, is there no one here to condemn you? Neither do I. Turn from this way of life. Y'all, we're no different. Jesus, if we don't tell those people they're wrong, then the kingdom of God is in trouble. Hey, Jesus, if we don't get the right person in office, then it's all, it's all done. Hey, Jesus, if they start coming to our church, they're going to mess up our community vibe, and we're not going to like that. It's going to mess everything up. But let me tell you, Jesus is not hurried or worried about the current state of affairs in the world or in your life. This does not mean he's not sad. This does not mean he, he's not grieved that he doesn't see you or hear you or understand you or he can't empathize with your weakness. The writer of Hebrews says he can. He knows it. He knows the burden. He knows the pain. But he is not hurried or worried. He knows what the writer of Hebrew, uh, Hebrews 12, 28 says. He says, therefore, since we have received an unshakable kingdom, you live in the strong, unshakable kingdom of God. And that kingdom is not in trouble. Our third kingdom reality is this. The kingdom of God is closer than you think. In the prophet Isaiah's vision, he saw Yahweh's um, on his throne and he saw the train of his robe filled the entire temple. And there were two seraphim who just kind of kept repeating back to each other, holy, 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 the whole earth is full of your glory. The earth is full of your glory, which is your beauty and your power. C.S. Lewis says every square inch, every millisecond is claimed by Christ. I love how the poet Gerard Manley Hopkins put it, the whole earth. The world is charged with the grandeur of God. It's charged. It's ready to spark at any given moment. And when Jesus ascended into heaven, when King Jesus ascended, he joined the divine and the human realm together in a beautiful internal integration, meaning the whole earth is filled with the divinity of King Jesus. I love what Leo the Great says. Pause. When I die, can we just agree in this room? To call me Brock the Great? Is that something we have to settle now? Or do we do that? You guys decide that? Okay, all right. I just, just a request. Here's what Leo the Great says. He says, Jesus had not left his father when he came down to earth, nor had he abandoned his disciples when he ascended into heaven. Once he had entered into the father's glory, he now began to be indescribably more present in divinity to those from whom he was further removed in humanity which means Christ is closer to you right now than he was ever closer to his disciples in person. He is closer than your next breath. Sometimes the kingdom of God breaks in when you least expect it, oftentimes when you, when you most need it. The kingdom is closer 
than you think. There's a chilling moment in the late Matthew Perry's memoir, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. And if you're wondering if I'm old enough to have seen Friends, the answer is yes, I have seen Friends. I saw all the Thanksgiving episodes this week. But Matthew Perry, he struggled with addiction his entire life. His life included 14 trips to rehab, about 60 detoxes, and 15 surgeries. And I'm just going to read this excerpt from his memoir. He says, at one of the lowest moments of my life, he, he recounts what was his bottom. So a bottom, at the lowest point of my life. This is a classic moment for an addict, a moment after which one seeks lasting help. But hey, what's this now? As I sat there looking into the kitchen, I noticed a crinkle in the atmosphere. Perhaps someone not at their bottom might have waved it away as nothing, but to me it was so compelling that I couldn't look away. It resembled a kind of little wave in the air. I had never seen anything like it before in my life. It was real, true, tangible, concrete. Is this what you see at the end? Was I dying? And then I began to pray. God, please help me, I whispered. Show me that you are here. God, please help me. And as I pray, the little wave in the air transformed into a small golden light. As I kneeled, the light slowly began to get bigger and bigger until it was so big that it encompassed the entire room. It was like I was standing on the sun. I had stepped on the surface of the sun. What was happening and why was I starting to feel better? Why was I not terrified, feeling euphoric now? I did get scared and tried to shake it off. But there was no shaking this off. It was way bigger than me. My only choice was to surrender to it, which was not hard because it felt so good. The euphoria had begun at the top of my head and slowly seeped down through my entire body. I must have sat there for five, six, seven minutes filled with it. And for the first time in my life, I was in the presence of love and acceptance and filled with an overwhelming feeling that everything was going to be okay. I knew now that my prayer had been answered. I was in the presence of God. Bill Wilson, who created AA, was saved by a lightning bolt through the window experience where he felt he was meeting God. This was mine. I started to cry. I mean, I really started to cry, the shoulder-shaking kind of uncontrollable weeping. I wasn't crying because I was sad. I was crying because for the first time in my life, I felt okay. I felt safe, taken care of. Decades of struggling with God and wrestling with life and sadness, all was being washed away. Like a river of pain gone into oblivion, I had been in the presence of God. I was certain of it. And this time I had prayed for the right thing, help. The kingdom of God is closer than you think. And if you're here today and you're feeling desperate, you need the king. Let me tell you, you're in a wonderful posture to encounter the kingdom. That the kingdom of God is for you. That you matter to Jesus and to his kingdom. That he invites you in. Paul goes on in Colossians 1 to say that he has reconciled you. He's begun the restoration process in you through his physical death and through his resurrection. But one thing is required, and that's faith. And faith is ultimately choosing to trust and to believe, to act as if it were true, 
that Jesus' kingship is exactly what he claims it to be. And in the moments when the kingdom feels far off, or in the moments where the kingdom of God feels like it's in trouble, we keep trusting that Jesus keeps showing up as king over all. And one of the places we encounter the king most often is at the table. Recognizing that we don't show up to maybe get a little something from a greedy, stingy king, but we show up to a table with a king whose arms are wide open in self-giving love. The kingdom is here, it's now, it's not in trouble, and it's so close. So Jesus, we pray that you would, that we would surrender our own little mini kingdoms to you. Jesus, yours is the kingdom. Jesus, yours is the power. Jesus, yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. This morning, this is Jesus, the King's table. And all, all who believe in him and all who are followers of Jesus, the King, are welcome this morning to receive regardless of your church background or affiliation. But if that doesn't describe you, we want to thank you for coming. We're honored that you're here, and we encourage you to keep thinking about Jesus the King. But if you are ready to begin following Jesus the King, we invite you to join us as we confess our sin and ask for forgiveness and trust Him for salvation. You can join us by following the words on the screen. Let's pray together. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will, and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. It's my joy this morning to announce good news to you, words that are true not just because I'm saying them, but because of what God himself has done. So would you open up your hands and receive once again the mercy of God. Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners, and this proves God's love towards us. So in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. The peace of the Lord be with you and also. As those who have been raised to new life with Jesus, 
please stand and greet those around you and to share the peace that you have in Jesus with one another. Jesus is here. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give Him thanks and praise. Amen. (laughs) It is a good and joyful thing to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, because you formed us in your image and you breathed your life into us. When our love failed, your love remained steadfast. And when we were unfaithful, you sent your son to be faithful on our behalf. So that on the night that he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had blessed it, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And he said, drink this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for the sins of many and for the forgiveness of sins for many. Whenever you drink it, Do this. Do this in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we proclaim the mystery of faith. That Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. I'm going to invite the servers up, please. Now the table is a place of remembrance and a place of encounter. So... As we stand together, let's sing this prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to meet with us this morning. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Now these are the gifts of God given for us, the people of God. Receive them in remembrance that Jesus died for you. And feed on him in your hearts by faith.
with thanksgiving. If this is your first time with us this morning, you can scan the QR code for instructions about how we do communion, or you can just watch what everybody else is doing and follow them. But if you're unable to come forward, please ask someone around you to bring the elements to you. So let's worship together as we come to Jesus the King's table. the name above all 
suddenly I take you with a thousand tongues to live one cry from north to south and east to west we hear Christ be magnified for the Christ 
sing this out together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly. Son and Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Kids and students, thanks for joining us in worship today. It was so great to have you all. Pastor Brock, thank you, thank you, man. Worship team, thank you guys so very much for leading us. A couple of really quick announcements for you today. First, if you need prayer for anything, our prayer team is up here and available to pray for you this morning. Second, I want to thank you all for your abundant generosity. We collected, we think, everything we needed for the 200 bags uh, for our partnership with Springs Rescue Mission to help care for unhoused neighbors this winter. So thank you for everything uh, that you donated there. Next week, we begin Advent. So our new season uh, of Advent begins, and we have resources for you out in the lobby, uh, some things that are available for purchase to help you kind of mark this time, including uh, a revised or updated version of our pocket liturgy for Advent, uh, so you can get that there, and our new Advent devotional written by uh, people from New Life Downtown. These are both $5 suggested donations, but if you don't have it, you can just grab one. Everything else has prices out there, uh, and Evan and Catherine can answer any questions that you have uh, on those things. I think that is everything that I have for today. Oh, uh, one other thing, if you're new to Advent and church calendar, you're like, I don't know what he's talking about, what any of those things are. Tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on our Facebook group, so not our Facebook page, but our private Facebook group, I'll be doing a one, kind of a one-hour conversation about Advent and Christmas and the church calendar and all of those things. You can join me online at 7 uh, or just watch the recording later on at time and a half speed uh, if you want to do that from there. But now, <laughs> may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and give you peace as he sends you out into the world as his ambassadors to proclaim that the Prince of Peace, King Jesus, lives and reigns forever. Go in peace to love and serve God and his people. We love you all, and we'll see you back here next Sunday as we begin Advent together. God bless.